0: guy's like oh he's gonna get hit by that bridge and he ducks down and (laughs) the bridge is demolished (laughs) by this man who's made of (laughs) fucking iron welcome to Recotopia, a a happy home for recommended movies shows and music from two people you can definitely trust trustability varies by region no guarantee is implied Now, here are your hosts,
1: Chris
2: Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. He was found in his hotel room, impaled upon a large electrical device. Our surgeons did what they could, but it took them two hours just to get the smile off his face.
3: This is Recotopia episode 20. Uh, today's big recommend is going to be top secret. I'm Chris Atkinson i'm jeremy scott and uh yeah yeah it's been a while hopefully uh, not too terribly rusty uh you know whatever we 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 do our thing right but you acknowledge whatever
0: who cares yeah, who cares if we're rusty
3: nobody gives a shit um, gives a uh shit. yeah um uh in uh, jeremy acknowledged the chat good to see you guys again there was a comment in patreon uh, just a day or so ago that was like i hope there's nothing wrong with chris and jeremy they haven't done Recotopia forever and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> I guess they didn't see those messages that we were coming back on the 28th, but.
0: Yeah, um, it's hard to reach everybody with it announcements really is. like
3: that. Yeah. Anyway, what are our small recommends today? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. I'm
0: going to open with my cucumber salad that I made yesterday. And mm, about.
3: Your cucumber salad. This is a food recommend.
0: I I will tell you right off. I am a cucumber junkie. Always have. Been. Okay. I, love I am not.
3: I so this is interesting for me to hear.
0: All right. Well, if you hate cucumbers, yeah, you're not going to dig on this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I will eat those things. I'll slice them up, put some salt and pepper on them, and eat them straight. Uh, but this, summertime, it's hot, and this is a refreshing, light, healthy side dish or snack. And it's super simple. I just threw three cucumbers uh, sliced them with a mandolin. Don't chop your fingers off. I took cherry tomatoes, cut them all in half. I cut cut up a red onion. I cut up a shallot. Shallots are magic little bulbs. I love of onion shallots. Garlic.
3: Yes, shallots yep. are amazing.
0: <clears throat> yep. And so and then I had some fresh dill and some fresh basil that I chopped up. Mm-hmm. Fresh herbs.
3: Mm. Then, How mean, you like this salad?
0: Yeah, it's good. I'm telling you. So you you mix all that in a big bowl, and then in a separate bowl, you mix a half a cup of water half a cup of uh, rice vinegar or white wine vinegar. I used a little of both. A splash of olive oil, a splash of lemon juice, salt, and pepper, right? And mm-hmm. then you pour that over and mix well and put it in the fridge for two hours. I uh, I had some last night. Um, I left my wife a note. That I literally left my wife a note that said, "Holy fuck, that cucumber salad was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> so um, hit me up later on Twitter if you if you want the recipe or more guidance. Uh, it's it's my first time making a, a cucumber salad where I didn't follow somebody else's recipe. I just made my own thing, and it was perfect. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Mm. That's my first small recommend. Cucumber m- 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 br- br- salad.
3: Mm hmm, mm hmm. That motherfucker's tasty. Um, all right. This may be my first non-movie recommend. Ooh. I have, I have been doing quite a, a little bit of traveling uh, over the past couple of months. I went to uh, Arkansas to see my niece graduate college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Vegas just recently. Both trips, I listened to this album. That uh, I have listened to many times because it's great. But I think on these trips, it sold me as something truly great. You and I both love Manchester Orchestra. Yes. Yes. The songs that are on Sirius XM are great. The songs that are on the albums as a whole that you don't get to hear on Sirius XM are phenomenal as well and um i'm going to recommend the album the million masks of god which was their recent one now i don't know how long ago this actually came out now it's probably been a year or two mm. even uh, when, uh since this came out but i have listened to this album front to back several times i don't think mm. there's a bad song on it manchester orchestra does this thing where you're like okay this is their average you know this is going to be their filler song that's on it then all of a sudden do something on the song (laughs) where you're like oh 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 this may be my favorite song on the album i love i love this oh my god (laughs) there was a point uh because because i'm always uh looking for a way to have something some sort of music going on uh with uh trips with my mother and you know i have to you know I have to drive we're, we're when we drive on these long trips obviously i can't play a lot of the modern music because you know there's a lot of stuff that could be offensive in there or whatever so sure we play uh i, I usually turn tune into the 60s sirius xm mm-hmm. channel and sit in there and listen to that on the way back i was like man i'm just kind of getting tired of all of this I've, I've, i feel like i've heard every 60s tune there is at this point and everything <laughs> and i i i said okay look manchester orchestra Modern music, but inoffensive. Um, mm-hmm. Not not anything in there. I'm going to play this. My mom loved the album too.
0: <laughs> awesome. I could I t-
3: could hear her. I could hear her like responding to th- things in the album. Like like awesome. I was sitting there and like I even I, she she seems kind of hesitant to to give it credit for some reason. Even though she's sitting there liking, it. I could hear her liking it. And I was like I was like I'm glad that you liked it. And she goes well i did like it you know like like, like <laughs> begrudgingly admitting that this is it so anyway um uh the uh, million masks of god album from manchester orchestra if you haven't heard that it's not brand new or anything it's been out for a couple years i saw manchester orchestra at the ryman here in november uh excellent live band as well uh i'm going to recommend this album go listen to it it's awesome
0: wow is this the album that bedhead is on yes that song rules Mm -hmm. uh so i will have to uh actually take your recommendation um explicitly this week and uh listen to that album
3: yeah, it's one sure. of those. Really, seriously, there's a lot of songs that are on it where you where you just you you really do think, oh, okay, this is the one where they kind of took the break or whatever they're filling the album or whatever. And they, it, there's always something. It always feels like somebody goes, "Hey, but what if all of a sudden <laughs> we did this amazing vocal part here in the middle and, and and just cranked it up to 11?" And that's what they always seem to do with these songs. So this it's funny. I see a lot of people will
0: say about a particular album, there's not a bad song on it. And I almost never believe those people. Mm-hmm. Be- now, this is, maybe maybe I am the odd man out. I, my wife will tell you, I have a very strong connection to music and memory. I really love music. But I even my favorite albums, there are songs that I will skip for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. or at least often. Uh, but with this, every Manchester Orchestra song I've ever heard, has been great, so I I actually believe you here, and mm-hmm. I will uh, give this thing a spin. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I uh, I'm going to stick in the realm of non-movie related recommends, and hopefully redeem myself mm. with the audience members who hate cucumbers. I
3: don't know. Um, the cucumbers <clears throat> are getting a lot of play in the comments, so you know. <laughs> by moving to Mountain Dew, ooh, now, Mountain Dew.
0: The, the world is a, <laughs> a scary, shitty place, but. As far as Mountain Dew is concerned, we're living in a golden age where every few weeks there's a new flavor somewhere.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, a lot of them are exclusive to particular restaurants or convenience centers, which I don't like because I'm not going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings just to taste your new Mountain Dew flavor, even though I love Blackberry and you put Blackberry in your Mountain Dew there and I should love that drink. I'm not going to do it. Maybe that's the Applebee's one, but I'm mm-hmm. not going there either. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the convenience stores they do exclusive ones with aren't near me.
1: and mm-hmm. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. they
0: came out a year or so ago with an exclusive for Kroger, and it's called a smashed thrashing apple, and it's an apple-tinged mm. Mountain Dew, and I hate it.
3: Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I did not like it. I have tried a couple of the... They have Baja spinoffs, um, that ones like pineapple coconut did not like that. Mm. One. Uh, the other one was mango or something. I think I like that one. There's actually a Mountain Dew outpost, a physical building over in Appalachia in East Tennessee. Really? Um, yes, where the original Mountain Dew logo, if you remember, is like an old prospector guy walking down a mountain. Um, <clears throat> and their origins are in that part of the country. So they've built this place called an outpost, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's a destination. It's not something you're going to pass on the way. And at that place, they have experimental flavors that you can try. And I assume if they are well received, they might eventually come to the, Mm -hmm. but today I want to talk to you about one that you can only buy on Mountain Dew's website, Hmm. which is Hmm. kind of a scam because after paying for the six pack, um, I had to pay for shipping, which was twice as much as the six pack. Yeah. Um, and if they just sent that shit to grocery store, I would have saved, like, I don't know, $15. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you got you to
3: gotta buy this shit in bulk, man. <laughs>
0: but uh, the new one is called Mountain Dew Typhoon, um, and it is a dew infused with fruit punch. Okay. And I love it. Really? I am going to get scammed into paying for shipping again because six cans are not going to do it. Um <clears throat> Cucumber Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the stuff. I see snarky, so. <laughs> don't think they won't. Over Over in Japan, they make uh, Kit Kats with all kinds of weird-ass savory flavors. They make wasabi Kit Kats, and they probably have a cucumber Kit Kats.
3: Why does that sound amazing?
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know, because those wafers are fun to eat, and if you can put the flavors in there... Mm-hmm in a way that makes i don't know yeah yeah, they have like hundreds and hundreds of them i don't know Mm -hmm. why we can't get that shit here
3: yeah i um i i i I like mountain dew i like and and you won't believe this but i like diet mountain dew but there's a very specific diet mountain dew that i like how do i how do i like a specific diet mountain dew how are there a variety of there are you can get it in a can you can get it in a 12.8 ounce bottle you can get it in a 20 ounce bottle the 12.8 that comes in the six packs i don't know what it is but they taste better than all the other diet mountain juice the one well this
0: is this is i agree with you soda soft drinks taste different depending on their packaging i
3: mm-hmm. completely agree yeah yeah um, so i buy
0: also a ton of those They're correcting me that he wasn't an old prospector, of course. He's a moonshiner, um, which makes even more sense. Um, Who was a moonshiner? uh, The the original Mountain Dew logo guy. Oh, I I
3: see. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that we had brought up the original Mountain Dew guy. Didn't have any idea of that. That's all right. I I I missed that part.
0: um, But, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, from Jeremy, get some cucumber salad, whip it up. (laughs) Get you a Mountain Dew Typhoon, pay too much for shipping. And mm-hmm. That's
3: a meal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's so weird though that they have a drink that you can get off their website as long as you pay way too much for shipping. Like, how are they expecting to test this? I guess it. I guess if they believe in it enough, like people, enough people buy it, willing to pay that shipping for it, that's how they know. But there's going to yeah. be so many people who would like to drink that who are going to balk at the shipping cost. So I don't understand. I I think
0: it's just another arm. Uh, I, th- I think they're going all in on exclusivity. And, mm. um, you can only get this here. You can only get this there. And so mm. whoever, this—I they hooked me. Every time I see a new one, I'm like, oh, can I get there? Should I go to that and get, try that Mountain Dew? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think people that <laughs> that, are, that are dumb like me are just going to pay it. But I think it's just another layer of exclusivity. This one is only online. That one is only at the Outpost. This one is only at, you know, Applebee's mm-hmm. trying to drive excitement to all these dip. They're all exclusive, but they're all Mountain Dew.
3: hmm Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We are going to get on a movie track now. Um, right. That's good. Uh, over the past month, I have watched a lot of movies. None of them could probably make Recotopia. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic World mm-hmm. Dominion, terrible. Uh, Lightyear, okay, but not something that I want to ur- usher everybody to go watch or urge <laughs> everybody to go watch. Um, uh, seen a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, it just, it just, whatever. And then I finally, I saw a movie. We had a movie night with the people I have the movie night with once a month, and one of the movies I had already seen, and I had. I didn't know if I was ever, I didn't think I was going to recommend this movie because Mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, I was like, eh, I can see why people like this, but I didn't like it really. I didn't like it all that much. And then I watched it the second time and the second time with, with people, I started picking up on a lot more and that's the way a lot of movies are, right? We always point Mm -hmm. that out where sometimes movies just need a second viewing or they need to need to be watched with a different audience. Anyway, that movie is X, um, mm. the movie that came out earlier this year, uh, written and directed by Ty West. And, um, it's about, uh, it's about this group of people who want to shoot a porno out in the middle of rural Texas. As and, you do. As you do. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, they go, and it's the usual sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre tropes that are being, uh, laid before you, uh, you know, they, they go to this out of the nowhere place. They stop at a gas station, of course, because you always stop at a gas station in a horror movie. They go to the place. It's, uh, it's got, uh, the, they go to this place. It's the old, very old people who are, who are at this house that they are renting. They're renting out sort of a I don't know, a, a guest house of some sort out on their farmland. Um, the old guy is a little out of it. He doesn't know what what they're here for. Uh, he, he, you know, they have to be reminded that we rented this house from you. We answered an ad, blah, 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 blah. That's that type of thing going on. Very creepy dude. Uh, married to a very, very old, of course, woman as well. So they're just like, just, oh, uh, they're just like barely getting around kind of. Uh, but they assume that they will be left alone, uh, in the guest house to be able to shoot their porn. Uh, it stars, it stars, um, Mia Goth, who's been in a ton of stuff, uh, in the past uh, few years. Um, uh, I don't know what her most famous movie is. Is it maybe the cure for wellness? I'm not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. but Mia Goth is in it. It's got Jenna Ortega from, uh, the fallout and scream in it. It's got Britney Snow in it. Uh, oh wow! And uh, and it's got Kid Cudi, um, Martin Henderson. If you remember Martin Henderson uh, back in the day, Martin Henderson is the producer of this porn. Oh wow! And so um, as they stay at this place, they you know uh, uh, you know it's it's a slow build to any kind of like horror or violence, and I actually don't want to give away anything that that happens. In this, uh, but um, but if you get if you go along with the the kind of the there's some goofiness to this movie. It's a horror movie. It's got it sets the mood, but there's some goofiness, man. It's some real goofiness like and if you and and if you're, you know, the porn stuff has its goofiness to it. Uh, the, just the, just the situation itself has a lot of little, little, uh, moments in it and found myself kind of laughing a bit, uh, you know, uh, in, in this movie and yeah, on the second, on the second attempt, I can recommend X, I think, I think, hmm. uh, it's a movie that, uh, a lot of people might like, might dig out there. So, um, so yeah, um, uh, so yeah, movie X, the, uh,
0: I have heard good things about this. Um, I may have to check this out. Um, The biggest swing for me, first to second viewing ever, was probably Kids in the Hall brain candy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when I saw it the first time, I just did not like it. Mm -hmm. And six months later, it came out on video. I watched it again, and I laughed my ass off. So I don't know what was wrong the first time I watched it. Uh, But yeah, that can happen, man. That's a solid movie recommend, Mm -hmm. which will lead us into our...
2: Big recommend. I big recommend. i'm fine i'm fine it's just that you're so big it's so huge it's a good rule but this is bigger than
3: rules it's bigger on the inside is it i noticed the movie is top secret this is a movie that david zucker jim abrahams and jerry zucker made in between uh their one of their biggest all-time airplane and their next biggest all time, the Naked Gun. In fact, the Naked Gun might actually be their biggest hit in this. But an Airplane is, Airplane is certainly like uh, the one that's maybe considered their best. Um, but um, but uh, Top Secret got lost in the shuffle. In all of this, was not a big hit. Um, and they had struggled they made uh, they made the show police squad which would later go on to be the naked gun during this time as well and police squad lasted for six episodes um and um and so they made this top secret which uh had not seen it in a while i thought was was strictly world war ii but it's it's actually i think this is set in the 60s and it's east germany uh it's like the '60s East Germany because there's a lot of like Beach Boys type music in this. Elvis, yeah. Elvis <clears throat> is in this. A lot of these type of things. So this is this is. It's kind of like a you know because it's got the French Resistance in it, even though there's not a real French Resistance. I think in the '60s, but it's kind of got this World War II vibe, even though it's not World War II. Um, so, well, I mean,
0: it's weird there's a clock on the wall
3: at the pizza joint
0: that has Hitler on it. Mm-hmm. So it's
3: kind of like a Mickey mouse clock. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's, uh, there's enough to make you, I think it's, it's trying to be multi, uh, era all at once.
3: Right, right, right. And, uh, and so, um, one thing that stands out about top secret is just, I feel like masterful sight gags um the the thing about this movie is that there's a real like yeah the zucker brothers and abrahams they were like really silly they had a lot of silly moments in their movies and everything but there there were people who were film nerds behind the camera you can see this type of stuff in airplane especially like with the robert stack uh thing where he's he's uh adjusting in the mirror and we think it's the mirror image and then he walks out of the mirror and stuff like that like they do a lot of like camera tricks and stuff and so in this one you just there you could count and they're they're genius sight gags that you could count probably more than 10 or 20 of these that are just insanely good there's a moment where there's a guy sitting at his desk and his legs, his feet are propped up on the desk or whatever. And he stands up and the feet are still propped up on the (laughs) desk. (laughs) There's a guy who like, uh, there's a guy who like picks up, there's a, you know, they, they, you see the phone in the foreground and you think it's, it's big because it's in the foreground and he comes up and picks up the phone and it's a giant phone. (laughs) Like the, the, the receiver like goes all the way down below his chin and everything. Um, I love the moment where the the French resistance is about to break into that prison and they, they do the, the whole thing where they're like drawing stuff in the sand or whatever, but then they have what they have is an actual full on full scale replica of the prison <laughs> that, that just keeps getting more and more revealed as they go through the, the plan even more. And to the point where, Not only do they have the same exact cars that are parked in the grass and all this other type of stuff, but they also have a model train that goes by in the middle of it. Um, there uh, There is... The scene where they jump, they're, they're, they're scaling the castle wall or the prison wall and the guard falls like the guard falls off of the thing and, and he lands on the, on the pavement and shatters into a million pieces. (laughs) Um, it is, uh, it is, this movie is a masterpiece. Like you don't, you don't ever hear about it. And here's the other thing. We're in a we're in a time where people say you can't joke about certain things without you can't be funny if you don't joke about certain things and blah, 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 blah. And I think if you ask David Zucker, he would probably agree with that sentiment. But you look at Top Secret, I counted maybe three or four gags you couldn't get away with you couldn't get away with today. Most of the yeah. rest of it is stuff that you could get away with today and is hilarious. Um Yeah, it's it's so
0: it's so silly, like you were saying, Like the, the humor is inoffensive in most cases, right? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff you're talking about, or like when he's trying to escape the prison and he goes out the duct and then falls out the other duct back into the prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I wrote down, this is the kind of movie that if you pay too much attention to the dialogue, you miss the background jokes. Mm-hmm. If you pay too much attention to the background jokes, you miss the dialogue, yeah. because there's great dialogue where like one of the French guys says uh, to Val Kilmer, Oh, what's the word? He's like, he's, he's saying, Oh, you just become, how do you say indispensable? And he goes, indispensable. (laughs) (laughs) The guy goes, that's what I thought. (laughs) So you can't, yeah, it almost demands a second viewing. I'm going to watch it again just because you just, all you have to do is pay attention to one part of the screen and you're missing something hilarious on another part of the screen. i I was blown away by how much there was to look at and soak in mm-hmm. uh, instead of just a, instead of just a goofy script, every moment is packed with something. Like even when the dialogue isn't that interesting, there's some people behind him in the pizza restaurant trying to pull a slice of
1: pizza <laughs> off the pizza
0: yeah. and the cheese just goes forever and yeah. he's like climbing the stairs <laughs> behind him and the girl comes by and pulls it up and ducks under Yeah. It. and none of that has anything to do with the movie, but it's freaking hilarious.
3: Yeah there's um there's an early gag in there where the they're showing the their progress of their travel and there's all these dots that show up on the screen and then it's like all the traffic has all the dots show up then pac-man shows up and starts eating (laughs) all the dots and even eats ghosts and everything um the 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 possibly the most genius part of this movie is the swedish bookstore um, uh, part of it where Peter Cushing plays the Swedish bookstore owner, uh, for those of you who did not know Peter Cushing, uh, from, you know, old hammer films and of course, Grand Moth Tarkin, uh, yeah. from star Wars, um, they go in Val Kilmer and this woman go in, uh, asking about all this stuff and, uh, and, uh, you can tell there's something off. They're speaking Swedish quote unquote, but it's got this zip, zip, zip sound. And if you're paying attention, you can kind of realize they're doing all of this backwards. It's a backwards sort of audio. And, and if you, and if you really haven't, if you really like, I don't know if this is backwards or not. Once he blows the the dust back onto the to the book, that's when they're finally letting you in on it. And and then of course the just just hilarious that they're sitting there telling you, Oh, this is totally legit, this is how they're speaking, and then just completely by the end of it, just decide, Yeah, this is all going backwards. There's a dog eating food that just goes ruff, 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 and just goes backwards <laughs> in the whole thing. Which, by the way, you want to you can go on youtube and see that whole scene played forwards if you would like because it i would i do want to
0: i am going to because i felt like this you're absolutely right this is the cornerstone of the whole movie this is where they're showing their true genius because mo- anybody else would have just made this scene and had them speak gibberish and mm-hmm. it was swedish yeah but they in fact they do this a lot this scene is the best because it goes backwards and Val kilmer uh, Peter Cushing. Everybody in that scene had to act in reverse. Yeah, and you might just laugh and go, "Oh, they're going backwards." But if you think about how they had to actually
3: shoot that mm-hmm. in order to accomplish that, it's really complicated. Um, Look at all the things that all, Val Kilmer do, does in there, where he like, you know, where he, he's throwing throwing the book onto the top shelf, yeah. but he, then he has to do the he has to do the thing that he does after that before that so like you yeah. see him adjust his collar or whatever like yeah or whatever and then you know and it's 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 amazing just to watch that watch this scene go forward because they're t- doing the dialogue backwards on the script so like you know like someone answers the question before the question is is asked um uh so yeah stuff like that one thing that this movie does another another thing this movie does incredibly well is it sets up your expectation uh for something to happen and we've already talked about a bunch of these already but sets up your expectation for something to happen and then does something completely different like for instance when they throw a grenade down into the room and the guy jumps on the grenade to save everybody else and then it just blows up everybody else
0: (laughs) (laughs) when the Opening scene when the bad guy is standing on the train, and the good guy's like, Oh, he's gonna get hit by that bridge, and he ducks down, and instead the bridge is demolished <laughs> yeah. by this man who's yeah. made of yeah. fucking iron. Yeah. Oh yeah. man,
3: and uh, and and yeah, like, uh, they're they're on the train early on, and you see, like the you know you see the stuff outside start to move because the train is apparently moving but it's really just the station that's moving the station, and man. then like and they, they and you see this guy outside in the middle of the woods trying to hold on to a, to a tree because everything outside is moving and not the train <laughs> um uh so yeah oh, it's man. one of these uh it's one of these that I, there may be a couple of lulls in this movie, just a cup, not lulls, but lulls, um, uh, where you're like, hey, okay, it's not, not that funny, but, but there are so many more that make up for any kind of lulls that are in it. Uh, one of my all time favorites, uh, j- uh just, uh, dialogue gags in this is, uh, it, it actually just sets up so well with a whole bunch of stuff. First off, Val Kilmer is arrested, Uh, there's a cross dissolve. You see him like etching a 20, like one of those marks, those little etch marks on there. He's, he's putting his 20th mark on there. And, uh, and uh, the, his buddy shows up, and he goes, he goes, oh my god, thank god you showed up. I've been here almost twenty minutes, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, and, uh, and the guy sit, they sit down on the bench, and he goes, he goes, Nick, I've tried everything. I've gone to the German embassy. I've gone to you know the government. I've gone to all these different places, and all that. And so you're thinking, okay, setting up this whole thing like trying to get him out of prison. Prison. He's like, I've tried everything i just can't bring my wife to orgasm and then out of nowhere he pulls out this anal intruder thing he's like have you ever tried this and uh (laughs) the guy's got everything in his cell he's got a Cuisinart. art he's got like you know all (laughs) sorts of stuff in his cell um uh but uh it's uh i i i wish more i'm i'm glad that we have this i'm glad we have this podcast because uh We get a chance to bring attention to movies like these. Uh, Everybody knows Airplane. Everybody knows The Naked Gun. Uh, Very few people, I feel like, know Top Secret. And this is Val Kilmer back in the day where I felt like, yeah, he he actually got it. He had a good sense of humor, and he didn't really do much like this after that. And if you watch that documentary, Val... Uh, when he's writing about being on this movie, he was, he seemed a little upset that he, cause he's actually singing the songs in this, um, Nick, he's as Nick rivers, he's play he's actually singing the songs. He trained to sing these songs. Uh, and, and, uh, he was upset that I guess he went through all this training, for just some small gags or whatever like that or whatever he didn't really uh and he was just like i'm on this i'm on this movie of trying to describe to my friends that it's very hard to describe what i'm what movie i'm 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 in or whatever but you know so that's him talking about that movie then so i don't know it's uh he he doesn't it's weird. He's great in this movie, but he doesn't seem to understand everything about what's going on in this movie.
0: Yeah. It's weird that you can get that kind of magic, you know, famously Bill Murray and Harold Ramis were making two different movies for groundhog day. And, you know, it still came out perfect. One thing I want to talk about since you brought up the singing, this is a musical. Mm-hmm. Like he sings three full songs. Um, <clears throat> And, like, it starts with skeet shooting. And yeah, <laughs> again, skeet shooting. Any the other, opening is amazing. <laughs> any other movie would have cut that gag after 30 seconds and moved on. But mm. it... These guys were patient enough to know it just keeps getting funnier. Yeah. They zoom in on his billboard chart. Every single one of his songs is about skeet shooting. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's got skeet USA, skeet city, your skeet heart, <laughs> <laughs> Tammy Wynette. Yeah. Um, so this movie doesn't take the song lightly. When they go to a song, they do. You, they give you a whole freaking song, um, <clears throat> and he like that. Are you lonesome tonight? Mm-hmm. That's almost the whole song. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I, I gotta mention my favorite gag, uh, but just, I don't want to forget is the, um, the ballet dancer boner. Oh yes. Um, and this is another thing these guys do is they layer their jokes. Mm-hmm. So first you see a ballet guy with a huge boner mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's hilarious mm-hmm. because you would think that would happen more often. Well, than and
3: also that's all you, <sighs> When you watch ballet, that's all you can focus on sometimes is like, do <laughs> yes. they have a bulge there, right there, that spot? <laughs> and they've decided to ex- accentuate it. Like, that's all you're going to be looking at anyway. So, boom, you know. <laughs> and so then they
0: cut, and there's more guys, and they all have boners too. That's the second level of the Mm hmm. Then the ballerinas start dancing across them like yeah. they're platforms. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We've reached a new plateau of silly. Yeah, uh, and the movie does this constantly. Where it, I feel like even I would just stop with the one joke, and they just keep piling on mm-hmm. to the layers to tweak the joke. And I couldn't stop giggling at the boner guys.
3: One thing they've uh, always been good at—you'll you'll notice hints of airplane in this, especially when um i keep i wish i remembered the uh the actress's name in this but uh uh but uh when she's re- recalling uh uh when she met the the guy with the blonde curly hair and everything like that <laughs> nigel yeah nigel um it's a whole blue lagoon uh spoof now <laughs> now they don't do this blue lagoon spoof, like what we would see later on in the, the pale imitators, you know, where it's, they've got to basically just, I don't know, throw it in your face. You know, it's yeah. not the fact that it's blue lagoon that they're doing. It's, they just throw in gags that are so good that don't require you to know what blue lagoon is to spearfishing the bananas. Yes. Yeah, spearfishing bananas. And the sex scene where there's, like, more hands and legs than there are people uh, in the whole thing, uh, that, that enough people to uh, have the capacity to have in there, um, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of things like that. Oh, man. And then you just keep thinking about stuff. Like, the first time, uh, the first time they kiss in the movie, there's a fireplace, and then the camera moves over, and there's another <laughs> fireplace. And and later on when they parachute out of the plane um first off he parachutes and goes past her and she goes hold on a minute and so he's able to like move back up in the parachute and then she decides you know i don't know if i'm so confused as to whether or not you know i love him or if i love you and blah 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 and then they end up kissing anyway and then Camera pans over, there's a fireplace, parachuting down with them <laughs> uh,
0: yeah i if if I didn't make this clear, this was my first viewing of this film ever. Mm-hmm. um, and I messaged Chris, I believe right around the Boner ballerina thing mm-hmm. um telling him I was having the time of my life, and I might even enjoy it as much as airplane, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, for whatever reason, you know I've seen airplane you know a dozen times i've seen naked gun a dozen times but i'd never seen top secret you're right it just some somehow fell between the cracks
3: it it's gotten lost because it i don't know if if it's just because it was their sophomore effort and people were like ah well we know what we got with airplane we don't need to see this all over again maybe that's what people were thinking and maybe it was just the confusing nature of the of the uh plot itself like airplane movies were a big huge deal in the 70s. There were so many airport airplane disaster movies. So when Airplane came out, that was something that everybody sort of recognized. Something needed to get skewered yeah. there with Top Secret. They're doing these World War II kind of movies where there's a it's not war exactly. It's a lot of espionage and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but uh, I don't think people understood the what why is there a singer Who's like Elvis being thrown into this whole, you know, this whole thing? And I think people got confused by it. I need to look into when it got released too. Normally, I'd have that information at my fingertips, but I am unprepared today. Uh, but I would. Oh, it
0: could have gotten stomped. It could have gotten stomped by something else,
3: because uh, you know, 1984 was a pretty good year for 1980s movies. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, don't. It, it's something that I hope gets a renaissance i showed this to my nephew who had just happened to come by over the past weekend um we always have this sort of a movie marathon thing when he comes out and uh and uh he 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 wanted he was i was like what do you want to see i said you know i really need to see this movie top secret again because uh, i'm going to do the podcast on tuesday if you don't mind watching that and he was like okay you know it's just I'll, i'll do it or whatever and uh, he had never seen in Top Secret before, and he was rolling. He loved Top Secret.
0: I love how everything this week has the endorsement of one of your uh, family members. Right?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, uh, but he, it, it was, he liked that so much, he ended up. Uh, we ended up watching The Naked Gun afterwards. Uh, he oh, wow. had not seen The Naked Gun either. And I was like, I said, it's going to be interesting for you to watch this after Top Secret now, because I'm wondering if you'll like this better than that. And who knows? There might be some biases, biases, biases there. Um, uh, But he liked Top Secret better than The Naked Gun. Oh, interesting.
0: I think it's probably time for the surprise super secret Mm, double
3: feature. mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Be very, very quiet secret. What secret?
1: A r- dirty little secret. i tell you something I've never told
0: anyone. This is probably as hamstrung as I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of it really feels like this should be paired with Hot Shots. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think that would be a perfectly fine double feature. Um, <clears throat> and they, they both kind of have that war hero kind of thing. Uh, I thought for a, a little bit like because I didn't I ultimately didn't want to be tied to another parody film <laughs> um, so I thought for a little bit about state and Maine um, just because I think there are a lot of good visual sight gags in that yeah as well as good dialogue mm-hmm. but I' want to make that a main recommend someday
1: yeah yeah
0: um, so I decided the theme for my double feature is gonna be young Val Kilner, and we're gonna go with real genius
3: yeah real genius is great
0: Um. Real Genius, which for me is most known as the movie where they tear apart the bully's car and put it back together in his dorm room. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) This is a movie about super nerds who are being manipulated by the head of the school who's having them build a laser for the military. Mm. Don't (laughs) come looking for serious plot here. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is almost it's not a parody film um, but I feel like it's that same vibe of Val Kilmer that we're getting. He's sort of the former Wonderkin student who is now kind of a goofball, um, but he's still a genius. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like that would be a really fun, uh, with the exception of the, you know, pleasuring my wife joke, uh, uh, for the whole family double feature of uh, goofy, silly Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would go with real
3: yeah that's a good one uh by the way uh one of our chat slabs says that top secret came out in the third week of ghostbusters and gremlins and the fifth week of temple of doom i actually remember that back in 1984 i watching ghostbusters and gremlins pretty close together um uh, in theaters those were some of my earliest movie theater uh experiences were those movies um but uh you know if, if if that were today, the third week of those movies and the fifth week of Temple of Doom would not be a big deal because it, the turnover is so great now with movies. So a third week of something or a fifth week of something isn't a big deal. Back in 1984 was a huge deal because people were going in mass to stuff like Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Temple of Doom. And that's what occupied everybody's time. So like anything that came out in that, area was going to get stopped um, yeah
0: he says it came out with seventh on its opening weekend <laughs> yeah because it, it was still beat by karate kid and search for spock yeah
3: yeah, yeah. a year <clears> yeah <throat> definitely 1984 um, incredible <clears throat> next year next
0: week mm-hmm. your homework uh i'm gonna go with blind spotting yeah uh, blind spotting this is a movie that uh i have recommended before on a previous show um but I want to give it the Rekatopia deep dive recommend. Um, <clears throat> it is, it's got funny moments and it's got serious moments, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's gonna be quite as heavy as that run we had back before we went on a comedy tear. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be as funny as um, Top Secret mm-hmm. or Arsenic and Old Lace. Right. I'm looking here to see if I can find where you can stream this. Oh, lots of places. Amazon Prime, the Roku channel, Hulu with a premium subscription, on Stars if you subscribe to Stars, or you can rent it from anywhere. Um, Blind Spotting tells a story of two friends um, who are movers, basically, um, in Oakland, California. Uh, and it speaks to uh, gentrification and uh, race and all sorts of. Police shootings, all sorts of really, really timely stuff, uh, handled in a very, very unique way. If you haven't seen it, I'm pushing you over the cliff. You're going to watch Blind Spotting for next
3: week. Yeah, David Diggs and uh, and an unrecognizable. I believe it's Ethan Embry, right? Ethan Embry is in this. um, uh, Who? you see a couple of times and you're like, I wonder if I I think I remember this guy from something. And then like, then suddenly you're like, Oh, empire records. Um, (laughs) But he's a lot older. He's a lot older now. Um, so yeah, uh, blind spotting is terrific. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that again. I've seen this movie two or three times, I think. So I'm, I'll be looking forward to seeing it again.
0: Yeah. And, uh, me too. I haven't seen it in probably, I would say about two years. So I'm looking forward to, to diving back in.
1: Mm hmm. Yep.
0: Let's uh, let's do some questions. Questions. Some fun, questions.
3: Everybody, I have questions.
1: Just one more thing. I Just. want the truth.
3: I know more than you.
0: What movie helps you go from stressed out to calm? Now, I'll preface this by saying, not not everybody's going to have a a movie that does this for them. Some people uh, de stress with you know listening to Manchester Orchestra's mm. album, mm. start to finish, mm-hmm. or reading or going for a walk. And not everybody has a movie that can calm them down.
3: Mm -hmm. But
0: Chris, do you have an answer for this question? Yeah.
3: I, I, there's never been a time where I've been stressed out and I'm like, let's pop in this movie. Um, so I haven't ever had that situation and there's not a go-to, but I imagine if there was a go-to, it would be the big Lebowski. Um, Um, the big Lebowski is just one of these movies that's got kind of everything in it. Um, and it's, it was a sort of a, I felt like it was, uh, my discovery back in that, back in that day. Cause nobody watched the big Lebowski when it first came out. Now it's like one of the most popular Coen brothers movies of all time. But, mm. uh, back when it came out, this was their follow up to Fargo, and uh, nobody really saw it, and I thought this movie was hilarious, man. Oh, my God. It was so good, and it's got so many moments in it, so many, like, dreamlike moments. It's just funny. It's just constant. Uh, so that if I were to pick one that were to uh, knock my stress down, that's the movie I'd pop in.
0: So <clears throat> I'm going to go with a really weird answer. I'll, I almost went with The Martian because everybody knows that's uh... – one of my very favorite movies mm-hmm. that I've seen a bazillion times, and it, it probably does have that effect.
3: Martian's well, my travel movie, by the way. Like I, I've oh, watched The Martian on my phone a hundred times. It seems like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um, I'm going to go with Die Hard two for a very, very specific reason. Mm, Die Hard me. two. Um, I had never seen Die Hard or Die Hard two my, until my sophomore year of college. Now, Mm. uh, uh, I was not um, allowed to go to movies as a kid, so I didn't really go to the theater to see movies much at all until I got to college. And at that point, I was going to the theater. I was watching stuff like Shawshank Redemption. I was not trying to fill my back catalog list of shame. One day, I got the flu, And the flu sucks. And my girlfriend at the time went to the video store and read a Die Hard, Die Hard 2. She went, this was a pretty good gesture, Mm -hmm. went to Walgreens and got me a bunch of cough medicine and cold medicine and some uh, fruit punch or something to drink to keep my fluids up and brought me this basically this care package. And I laid in my bed in my dorm room on my little VCR TV sitting on a desk and I watched Die Hard and Die Hard 2 in an absolute medicinal funk. <laughs> um, and they were, it was an unforgettable experience. Mm-hmm. I loved them both intensely, immediately. I still love Die Hard 2 way more than I should um, because it, it gives me memories of that. Media is connected to memories for me. And so I can get some of those feelings back that i had in that cocoon of blankets um when just just by putting on die hard 2 so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway that's kind of a weird answer but i i think it works
3: yeah yeah die hard 2 is one of those movies like it's clearly not as good as the first one but like it has so many i don't know it, it, it it's got so much ridiculousness to it um it, it's it's more of a go- along with it kind of action movie than than you'll see like that you'll ever see there's so much nonsense in die hard 2 it's like it's worth watching just because of how hilarious it is at times uh yes. Bruce willis firing that gun full of blanks and full in in front of everybody at the airport and not getting gunned down at the same time just to prove his point like like you could have just said they, they're firing blanks I can prove it and then instead he just shot it, shot it in the middle of the airport. <laughs> so. and,
0: and, and I'm getting a little flack. Somebody says I rewarded that girlfriend with a litany of college girlfriend jokes. And I will tell you, uh, that girlfriend went on to cheat on me. So mm. she mm. Had a, did a very nice gesture, uh, but that doesn't mean the relationship was good. And also the college girlfriend jokes are never about a specific girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my college relationships were bad. That's sort of where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on to another question. Wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite bit of movie trivia? Uh, For example, the octopus from Goonies. And I wrote, what octopus? Apparently there's a deleted
3: scene with an octopus in Goonies. I had to look that up. Interesting. Um, What do you think, Chris? Um, I'm sure that if I thought about it even longer I could come up with some other stuff but my my favorite one recently to talk about is uh, in the informant when Matt Damon uh, as Mark Whitaker is at, in court in the courtroom doing his speech at the end Steven Soderbergh told him to act that like he is winning an Oscar during during the thing so when he's like wow it's been a really big ride or whatever he says at the end (laughs) of the courtroom uh he is being he has been directed to uh to uh act that as if he is winning an oscar which is perfect mark whitaker uh uh direction i think yes so uh so that's one of my favorite ones to spout out
0: (laughs) well i went with the classics that you know that the the famous Goodfellas kitchen entry from the rear entrance wouldn't happen if mm. they have been able to shoot as they intended. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was just on the fly, or that Brad Pitt really broke his wrist in seven when he's running across the cars in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just wrote his wrist injury into the movie. And yeah. I mean,
3: what else are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there was yeah apathy on the chat says uh american psycho about the scary detective i believe that what being referred to there is that um mary Harron, the director of american psycho told him to act it like he knew that christian bale was behind it was was the murderer and then to act like he didn't know in several scenes and then they combined the scene so that you never know where defoe is in that whole that whole thing like you're like you're almost certain he knows in certain parts and then you're all you then you're like well i don't think he knows anything now well you know so it, it's the movie is deliberately confusing i love that part yeah
0: this one from slab about stand by me is outrageous keifer sutherland claimed in an interview that in one of the locations of the film a Renaissance Fair was being held and the cast and crew attended and bought some cookies. <laughs> Fortunately, the cookies turned out to be pot cookies. Two oh. hours later, the crew found Jerry O'Connell crying and high on the cookies somewhere in the park. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> 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 be laughing. That's, um, that's a, it's amazing. There's also <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the classic one that Spielberg couldn't show the shark in Jaws because he couldn't get it to work and of course that turned out to be a good thing for him. Uh, so, um, was it they, uh, JC says in uh, Titanic, they figured out what happened to the actual grand staircase when the scene being shot caused the set to begin to float? <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, good stuff. All right. Let's, uh, do one or
0: two more here. Right. Um, what is a movie that gave you tears of joy? And I wrote down as a caveat this is not as easy as it sounds. Mm hmm. You have an answer for this one.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, Coda is the first one that comes to mind because, you know, she's singing at the end in front of her family who's not supposed to be in there. And uh, and uh, it's really good. Also, even though it's mixed with some melancholy, Dead Poet Society uh the oh. o captain my captain scene which of course was brilliantly parodied in a saturday night live skit uh, a couple of years ago but uh the o captain my captain skit because that was their chance of saying thank you to uh mr keating at the end uh mm-hmm. and basically saying we know you're not to blame and all that um that scene always got me uh as i watched it yeah
0: yeah, I, Saturday Night Live has ruined that scene for me mm-hmm. because every time I even think of it, I picture them
3: getting their heads chopped mm-hmm. off by yeah. ceiling fans. Right, yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: um, I wrote down Dances with Wolves, Um, yeah. particularly at the end where the native guy is yelling from the ridge, to mm-hmm. basically, can't you see that I have always been your friend? Yeah. Uh, getting chills right now. I think I might like Dances with Wolves more than most people. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that is viewed as one of those Oscar winners that maybe shouldn't have won.
3: I don't uh, know. Uh, it's weird. Um, and, and Maybe if you took a poll, a, a larger sample size poll, but every time I've brought up the whole uh, Dances with Wolves beat Goodfellas or whatever back in 1990, uh, a lot of people are like, well, I really, really like Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves is hmm. really good. I don't think a lot of people like, Maybe I don't know. Maybe back then. Maybe maybe a few years after it came out, people were th- saying, "Oh, not deserving." But I think over the years, "Dances with Wolves" has grown in stature. I don't think it's lessened in stature at all. Mm. Um, uh, over in the comments, we have uh, "Avengers: Endgame" from "On Your Left" and "When He Yells a Symbol." Mm. That's a good one. I will say this: um, uh, I wasn't. I didn't feel it when I watched it in the theater. But watching the uh, footage of people reacting to that and seeing people, seeing the people who these movies really mean a lot to reacting to Mm -hmm. it made Mm -hmm. me feel that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. But watching the movie on my own did not make me feel that way. In fact, uh, I was, I felt cynical about the on your left uh, when I saw it. So,
0: you know, I, I think I prefer to watch a movie in an environment where people are not going to scream and cheer Mm -hmm. because I'm half deaf and I'm already missing a lot of dialogue anyway. Mm -hmm. But I turned a corner a few years ago about that kind of thing. It used to really bother me. Mm -hmm. and Now I think I can just see the joy that those people have, even if I'm not experiencing that same joy. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, like even even Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm softened on just because I still think it's the ice capades, but some people Cry tears of joy at those ice capades. Mm-hmm. Just like I saw a video somebody posted a couple weeks ago on social media of a little girl at like a frozen stage show, and Elsa came out singing Let It Go, and this little five year old girl is
3: bawling mm-hmm. tears
0: of joy. Yeah. That it's ice capades, but she, she's having a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? I. I Multiverse of Madness. I, I think I was cynical about all those cameos, and and then I started hearing about how much they meant to so many people. I'm like, oh, okay, let people have their fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you're right. You do kind of experience a little bit of that joy watching those, especially those endgame clips of packed theaters that went around for several months of just people losing their shit mm-hmm. um <clears throat> there's a
3: have always I had a that. big de- and we've talked about crowd reactions a bunch on all the podcasts the mm-hmm. there's nothing better than crowd reactions like the um i um i had I, ha- I had that growing up watching sports and watching crowds going insane when mm-hmm. a home run got hit or something like that and uh and uh, and loving it. And so when I see now I was in a I was in a packed theater when Endgame came out. I saw it at that midnight or whatever. I and mean, I'm not even the biggest Marvel person, but I was there on opening night watching Endgame. Did not have that same feeling. There were I think there were people who maybe cheered during that scene, probably obviously did. But something about watching it from afar, watching those videos and watching a crowd going nuts uh about that type of stuff a little bit different.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, everybody. I think that's probably going to do it mm. for this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um shout out to our live chat. Um Peeps, uh, I appreciate you. I like seeing the mostly the same names every week and we're developing our own running jokes. Um and uh if you're not a part of that, we record uh, almost every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And if you are at a certain level of patron perks over at the CinemaSins Patreon, uh, you can watch and listen live while we record. Um, everybody else uh, listens when the show drops on Monday mornings, and we love you people too.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so uh, thank you guys for coming in and listening to us. Uh, next week is blind spotting, so uh, we'll see you next time see ya bye Bye. be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at Patreon.com slash CinemaSins chat with us on the CinemaSins Discord at Discord.gg slash CinemaSins or CinemaSins Twitter at CinemaSins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at CinemaSins.com that's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at CinemaSins.com For a minute there, I was having trouble hearing you, but I think it's because you were just away from the mic a little bit.
0: How about now? Yeah, I think I can Uh, hear you fine now. I did a funny voice there, too. That's probably not helpful. Maybe I'm just thinking of my video game hockey where I played as a hockey bot 2000 and I maxed out all of his uh, skills (laughs) so that he was the fastest, (laughs) the strongest and the best sniper.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how you could just kind of cheat on those sports games. I don't know if you can do that (laughs) anymore, but like uh, when I had the Genesis, like I had all the the early EA sports stuff. And so like I would always turn offsides off uh and and like little things like that in the hockey game and I, every breakaway that i had would get a goal somehow um uh and then uh was it in football i would always i would always play the all madden team versus the patriots who were terrible of course at the time <laughs> <laughs> you just all you had to do was just hand it to one guy and he would just running down the field with it and never get tackled <laughs> it's showtime and let's have some fun